Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Ready, Terp fans, because it's time for the Maryland Matt Chat. Join us as we talk Terp wrestling with head coach Kerry McCoy and staff. Now, on to the show with your host, three-time National Wrestling Writer and Broadcaster of the Year, Jason Bryant. And welcome to episode 13 of the Maryland Matt Chat. Jason Bryant here with you, and we're going to go down to sunny and beautiful Delray Beach, Florida, to find... Coach Kevin Kearns hiding from beltway traffic. He is enjoying the sun, the sand, and the temperature that is South Florida. Uh, Coach Kearns has been a part of the Maryland staff for, uh, I think, since the writing of the New Testament. I'm not quite sure on that. We'll talk to him about his career at Maryland. First of all, Coach, welcome to the Maryland Mad Chat. Oh, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Well, let's just get a quick actually here. Yeah, actually here. Yeah, let's have a quick overview. Um, just uh, obviously, you can read the bio, but uh, you, your career started Maryland back uh, back in the '60s, and you've been on staff at Maryland since 1980. But what's interesting, I've I've found looking at the lineage of Maryland wrestling history, there have been six coaches in the history of the wrestling program, and you have dealt with four of them going all the way back to, uh, to Sully Krause and then working with John McHugh, Pat Santor, and Kerry McCoy. So, you know, 66% of the coaches that have ever coached wrestling at the University of Maryland, you knew and dealt with personally. I mean, that's that's got to be uh, – you've got stories to tell about all these guys, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'll only tell the good stories about them, not the bad ones. So, uh, But I, I'd like to make a correction on that because um, – we actually, uh, I've been under actually five head coaches. Uh, it's never mentioned because of s- certain circumstances, but, uh, after John McHugh retired, uh, they actually hired, uh, one of our all Americans, uh, Tom Miller, and he took, took over the program. Uh, but, uh, before we even got into the season, uh, he took it over, I think in April. And then, uh, uh, five months later, he, uh, four months later, he, uh, resigned. <laughs> so, uh, and that's when Pat Santoro came in. They quickly uh, ran around and, uh, were very fortunate to uh, find somebody of, uh, Pat Santoro's, uh, ability, uh, ready to take over a head job. So, uh, so I, I always tell everybody five head coaches because, uh, Actually, t- Tommy Miller did did uh, get selected as head coach, and we did go to the coaches' convention together. And uh, so, uh, and I told him I'd only work uh, about one year, and then uh, would retire. So, 
Well, you look at the retirement. You've been uh, on staff as the administrative assistant, which is kind of like it's you're you're like the ninth coach, or you're the, the you were the second coach, then the third. And I mean, as the staff has grown over the years, you know, you you've, just, you've been there and you've got a lot of a lot of knowledge and history. But w- let's go back to those early years and wrestling. Well, first of all, what was it like wrestling for a guy like Sully Krause, who during that era, Maryland wrestling was the class of the ACC, and you know, from 1954 to 1973, 20 straight conference championships. I mean, what was it like wrestling under him? Yeah, well, uh, uh, culture shock when I walked in in 66. I thought I was a decent wrestler, uh, not great. Uh, but, um, yeah, I walk into this room and uh, everybody's a state champion and, uh, you know, ACC champ. And uh, and uh, we got people like Goble Klein in the room, um, future national uh, champion and, uh just uh, a talent that was unbelievable. And uh, all the walk-ons uh, quit except for me. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so it was, uh, it was daunting uh, what I had to uh, learn and uh, to just uh, get on the uh, freshman team. Uh, in those days, they had a freshman team and then a varsity team, and you couldn't wrestle uh, varsity as a freshman. So, um, and, uh, actually made the, the, uh, the team, um, the freshman team and, uh, and got the start and that was great. And then the second, second, uh, second match, uh, selected the co-captain for, cause uh, I did well on the first one against Lehigh. <laughs> so, but, uh, it was, it was, uh, quite a, quite a group uh but uh, every year you're expected to win the uh, acc and if you weren't you were expected to go somewhere else <laughs> well so you, you look at it 1966 so now we are approaching i mean you're coming up on on, on year 50 since you stepped foot there in college park and uh you know, there's been a lot of changes to college athletics. There's been a lot of changes to the University of Maryland. There's been a lot of changes in coaches and leadership. But, you know, when you look back on your experiences as an athlete at Maryland, is there something that you see that's still the same from what you see the athletes get out of it today that you got out of it so long ago? Um, actually, um, just the uh, the uh, atmosphere of striving for excellence. Uh, it was there all the way through. Um, now we had some lean years where we actually um, lost uh, lost scholarships and aid and stuff, and uh, and that uh, really stunted it. But uh, even there, we were always still in the hunt. Uh, if we didn't come in, you know, uh, first we were second, third, you know, fourth. Uh, but um, uh, uh, and that credit uh, goes to John McHugh holding that that program together. Uh, they had uh, twice thought about dropping wrestling, and and um, it's funny they they cut your aid and uh, and then wonder why you're not winning the ACC anymore. Like, <laughs> and uh, and so he had all the aid he he could handle to uh, bring in the best people and whatnot. So uh, it was a difference in in recruiting and whatnot, but. Always, uh, even John, he he would always expect to win the ACC title. Uh, you know that 
and that expectation is carried all the way through. And, and of course, now um, Pat Santoro came in, and then and Kerry, and it's uh, you're expected to uh, win the uh, national championship, and so a little higher expectations. And uh, so, um, and we uh, we have the aid now, so we're getting better and better each year, more uh, more quality kids and. Um, and it's fun. It's been fun to be around uh, all that time, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, you know, uh, and, and to watch. Uh, it's always great to watch the kids grow. They come in as a freshman, and the first thing I tell them after they they give me their high school record of uh, never been taken down in two years, and, and then they can't buy a takedown in the wrestling room the first week, and and they wonder what happened to them. And I always used to go over and just say, welcome to division one wrestling. <laughs> and, uh, so it's been fun over the years. A lot of, a lot of kids, a lot of stories. Um, and, uh, and I see that, uh, according to my wrestlers now, they, they say, geez, you got a million stories. Well, I've been around here a million days, you know, so, <laughs> but it's great. Now, going back into your history a little bit, obviously, after your career was done, uh, you know, you, you went to the U.S. Army and, and served 101st Airborne Division, and we're just past Memorial Day. So as a Vietnam vet, what does Memorial Day mean to you? Well, um, I was, uh, yeah, I was with 101st Airborne in Vietnam. I was on what they call a LERP team, a long-range reconnaissance patrol team. And that's a five-man special ops team that goes deep into enemy territory and gathers intel and, and a lot of cases just to uh, get the intel to come back and, and so the Navy SEALs and the, all the special ops programs, the Delta Forces, they know where they're going and what, what to look for out there. And so that was really our main thing to do. And, um, and we lost uh, going in deep in the uh, in the jungles. Uh, we ended up losing quite a few young men along the way, and it seemed like every mission out we lost one one or two people. And so, uh, just having Memorial Day recently, and the, uh, the lifeguards down here who know me, they you know leave me alone for, for the two days of uh, Memorial Day because it's. Uh, uh, it's a sad time for me. Uh, you know, uh, we all honor our, uh, fallen and whatnot, but, um, you know, it's very personal to me. I have many friends whose names are etched on that wall that I actually served with and, uh, and, you know, they died, uh, on missions that I was on. And, um, and so, uh, as you know, everybody's having a party and a barbecue and whatnot. I usually, kind of stay home and, and think about uh, the young men that uh, gave the, their their full uh, measure uh, in Vietnam. And uh, and so that's what it means to me, uh, stay home and, and be quiet and uh, kind of remember the, try to remember the good things of those people and everything. So, you know, I, I grew up in an area that was synonymous with, with the military. We had Fort Eustis, the Army base down there in Virginia, Norfolk Naval Base, uh, Langley Air Force Base. So the military has uh, been a big part of, of my 
you know, growing up, even though uh, I, I never served, I won. I want to say, speak for those of us that, uh, that do appreciate it. And uh, thank you for your service. I know uh, whenever I see a serviceman uh, on, on an airplane, I usually, you know, give them a nod and a thank you when, when it's, when it's opportune. And uh, so even though it's been so many years ago, I know with Memorial Day, uh, just, you know, coming and going at, uh, I personally want to thank you. And I think uh, the Maryland wrestling community wants to thank you for your service as well. Well, you know, I come from a military family. My dad did 22 years in the Navy, uh, 17 at sea. Uh, I never knew him growing up. He was always uh, three wars. He was always uh, protecting this country and at a, at a loss of uh, family life. Uh, it was away the, the 17 years on 11 different uh, ships. Um, and he just passed away uh, a month ago. It was 94, and um, we still have to wait until October to put him into uh, Arlington uh, as a backup of, uh, you know, uh, funeral uh, in there. And so, um, but uh, my mother served. She was a Navy wave in World War II. Uh, my great-grandfather, my, uh, my great-great-grandfather uh, fought in uh, the Civil War. Uh, so the current just, you know, being Irish, we, we fight a lot and, <laughs> and have, uh, represented the, the country on the battlefields. Uh, and I was always expected that I would probably go in and make it a career and whatnot. Um, and may have, may have done that, but, uh, Vietnam was a rough time for this country and a rough time for everybody who was in the military and, uh, when I came back, I, I was soured a little bit about the uh, the way the people were treating us, and uh, and I couldn't get my my even my summer job back. They wouldn't rehire me. I was a aquatics director at a scout camp, and uh, and I'd been there seven summers. And the, and the new camp director saw that I was in Vietnam, and he wasn't hiring me. So. Um, I quickly took that uh, military service off my resume, and then everybody wanted to hire me. And uh, so uh, it's sad. It was a sad time to, uh, you know, strain for the the guys coming home. And um, uh, so uh, that's why it's great. I, I see everybody recognizing the kids coming back, and uh, I still get to Fort Campbell uh, every three, four years, and. I know a number of them who uh, are, are, some of them were on their fourth and fifth tour into Afghanistan and Iraq. And uh, I always, you know, get on the beach down here, I would say a prayer for them and, and hope that, uh, you know, they come home. Uh, so uh, one thing about the 101st, we, we stick together. We're, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're World War Two or, you know, Korea or, or Afghanistan, uh, we're all, you know, brothers in arms and, uh, and, uh, we stay tight. So, but I, uh, I, uh, was, was happy that I served and, uh, met the people that I met and, um, and, uh, you know, was part of, uh, part of that part of history, you know, and, uh, got a lot of, I have a lot of stories that I can tell and a lot of stories that I can't tell. Uh, and uh, you can just ask the rest today that 
Someone might tell them they they just can't get over it because it's a it's a whole new world now, you know. And uh, so, but anyway, that was that was a good part. I was supposed to be uh, never leaving the states. Uh, they yanked me one day out of basic training, sent me back to Fort Belvoir to wrestle for the All Army wrestling team, and they told me, uh, and there was only three weeks of, of competition left. <laughs> And so they told me, oh, you'll go through training and you'll never go overseas and, and we'll meet in Fort Carson next season and you'll be there. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to be a wrestler for the Army. That's great. That was my first mistake. <laughs> Got orders right after uh, advanced infantry training right over to Vietnam. So. <laughs> Yeah, because it, it, you know it's just funny how you know the time passes and uh, you know Fort Carson's still the base of of WCAP, the world class athlete program. Uh, of course, they're they're moving some freestyle up to state college, which is another interesting development. But uh, one thing that you know, living here in Minnesota, Greco Roman wrestling is part of the culture here. And uh, obviously, you know, once you you got done with the army, you did spend a little time out here in the, in the frozen tundra that is Minnesota with with the Minnesota <laughs> Wrestling Club and and Alan Rice and that crew. What do you remember about Minnesota other than it being so freaking cold? <laughs> Well, that was the very first thing. I pulled my MGB up there, and I see around the buildings all these uh, electrical outlets. And, uh, you know, so I, I go in, and uh, I get a uh, uh, I get a, a job in a fraternity house um, cleaning their filthy toilets every day so that I had a roof over my head. And uh, and the guys in there said, oh, you you got to get an uh, engine warmer. I said, an engine warmer. What the hell is that? And they said, Oh, it plugs into the building. And uh, I don't think I'm going to do that. They said, Well, that car will be there in the spring after it falls out. You'll be able to get it, but it won't start ever. So uh, I ran off and got the start of the uh, warmer and plugged it in and uh, realized, Oh my God, it averaged like 30 below that that year was the coldest uh, winter they had ever had. And uh, we're about five blocks away from the gym. Uh, and I could not get to the gym without stopping twice in, into the build, go into a building and warm up and then race to the next building and then over to the gym. I, you couldn't go five blocks because the wind would come through there and, It'd be with the wind. They don't even talk about the, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, the factor with the wind, and it makes it much colder. And uh, and you were frozen. I mean, frozen. I always got over early so I could go into the sauna, warm up, and then get ready for practice uh, over there. But uh, it, it's it's brutal weather, <laughs> and uh, but. I was there for a purpose, and that was to, uh, uh, first of all, get accepted uh, on a club team, and which I was, and then, uh, and then uh, try to get on a USC, USA team, and then I was selected to uh, to represent them at 163 in dual meets, and uh, and then um, it ended very quickly. <clears throat> Wrestled world champion from Poland and. Uh, uh, fractured my neck and I had already, uh, had a, uh, 
herniated disc in my lower back and between the two of them that ended my career uh, three weeks before the Olympic trials. <laughs> so um, I would have been a daunting uh, uh, thing ahead of me with uh, Dan Chandler was in my weight class. He would go on to not only win the, uh, the spot on the 76 team, but two more Olympic teams. So he was on three Olympic teams total. And is still uh, he's been Olympic coach and uh, and uh, world coach and stuff, and he stayed uh, up there and uh, developed more and more Greco-Roman wrestlers. Um, but I knew I had if I was going to take a serious shot, I had to move to Minnesota because I was uh, um, I was told by another Olympic coach that you know you're a pretty decent freestyler, Kev, but you're pretty you were a lot better at Greco. So why don't you stay with Greco? And so I moved to Minnesota. You know, you don't you don't uh, think you're going to make a Greco team unless you go to Minnesota. So that's what I did. <laughs> now that was also an era that uh, you know, there's there's a character from the wonderful world of professional wrestling that uh, has kind of made a comeback in the last several years by the name of the Iron Sheik, uh, is known as uh, Kazro Vaziri, and he was it was he in, in Minnesota with you at the same time. He was he was my workout partner and my coach. Uh, that, that SOB would be at my door at eight o'clock in the morning, pounding on the door, uh, get up, we run, and, I, and I'm I'm like, and he's got like a cutoff sweatshirt and sweatpants on, you know, and and I had to have two sets of sweats, and rubber gear, and hoods, and hats, and gloves, and and. Uh, and he he'd make me run three miles uh, in, in that brutality, <laughs> and, uh, and then we go and work out in the gym in the evening. And uh, and uh, he was uh, he was a good guy uh, then. He was his first three years he played the good guy. And uh, I remember he came to me in uh, practice. He was all excited. And he says, uh, "Kev, uh, next year." I'd be bad guy. I make lots more money, <laughs> and uh, and he did. He, that's when he took the name Iron Sheik and and uh, took off and uh, became a millionaire, uh, wrestling as we call it uh, in professional wrestling. So, uh, but yeah, he was. Uh, and I've got a number of pictures on my Facebook of uh, of him when he was lean and mean. He was on the Iranian Olympic team, and he was a serious. Greco guy, he's the one who actually brought most of the uh, technique uh, that Minnesota just shined with. Uh, he brought over from Iran and um, was, a, was a great coach. And um, he was always there for me. I, uh, as long as I had another picture of him, he loves to look at pictures of himself. So. Uh, <laughs> Whenever I had a chance, I'd take photos uh, in the room and then give him a copy of the photos. So, uh, yep, he was uh, one of my coaches. <laughs> you think it's kind of funny that he's kind of come back into the pop culture scene? Because when I was growing up in, in in the 80s and, you know, before I knew what uh, collegiate and Olympic-level wrestling was, I mean, it was Saturday morning, it was WWF superstars, and it was, you know, it was Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, the cartoon, and the Iron Sheik, you know, the action figures. I mean, you know, here it is, you know, 30 years ago, 
that the, the Sheik is on my television, and now there's the all this stuff that uh, you know he's 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 a Twitter sensation. I mean, he's he's you don't want to follow the Iron Sheik on Twitter unless you have a job that can allow you to read the type of stuff that he says, because uh, it's not safe for work. But uh, it's funny it's how the, the Sheik and uh, the, there's the documentary out about it. And, you know, he talks very highly about his time in Minnesota with, with Coach Rice and, and Dan Chandler. And, and even in his Hall of Fame induction speech back, I think it was 2007, the, the WWE Hall of Fame, he'd be like, he's up there like, I know, I come Minnesota, Russell, Dan Chandler, Alan Rice, Brad Ringens. And, you know, he's, of course, he loves to name drop Dan Gable, even though Gable was a freestyler and uh, the Sheik was a uh, yeah. was a Greco guy, but uh, yeah. So uh, you know we get you know you come up here for you to learn about Maryland wrestling and you get a story about the Iron Sheik. Why have we not talked about this before? That's what I want to know. Well, you know, uh, it, it's funny. Um, there's a head uh, lifeguard down at Fort Lauderdale, uh, and he wrestled in Pennsylvania. Um, he actually wrestled. Uh, um, uh, a couple, uh, a couple of really, uh, good wrestlers. And, uh, so he knew, knew a lot about wrestling. And then, uh, he got on a Facebook and he said a couple of things about, uh, oh, it'd be Iron Sheik or whatnot. And so I, I sent him back a message and said, Hey, don't talk about my assistant coach that way. And he couldn't get over it. He says, he says, is there anybody you don't know, coach? I said, he was the assistant coach of the U S team. Uh, and the uh, and the Minnesota Greco team uh, when I was up there in seventy five uh, seventy six and uh, <laughs> and uh, he says oh my God the Iron Sheik he said I didn't think he was a real wrestler I said he sure was he was on the uh, Iranian Olympic team he, he was a stud so yeah it's uh, I've run into a lot of people over my life uh, actually meant to. Well, you were talking about uh, Vietnam. I actually got to meet uh, Bob Hope. Uh, he was doing a fundraiser uh, when uh, uh, one of the hurricanes hit uh, Agnes, I guess it was. And I was working for the uh, Red Cross at the time in their water safety program. And I, I ended up doing security um, for the telethon they had in Baltimore. And my job was to make sure if everybody had this blue ticket with the name and I, they didn't have that at the, at the, you know, they came off the elevator. I was to put them back on the elevator and make them go down and get a lot of gate crashers. When I, and here comes Bob Hope. And, um, I caught his eye, he says hi to everybody. And he nodded his head and said, hello. And I got a chance to, to say, I saw you in Benoit. And he like parted the sea to get over to me. He says, when were you there? I said, four months ago. And he said, oh, my God. I said, I saw your show at uh, Benoit. And uh, I had worked up uh, north into Laos and uh, Cambodia later. And uh, then he started telling me about all the shows he'd done. They got shot at up at Fubai. And I, I said, you should not have been going to Fubai. I'd have never let you in there if I was the commander. Uh, dangerous place they call Rocket City. And uh, we chatted for about 15 minutes, and it felt like an hour. And people were grabbing at him. We have to go. We have to go. And, and he'd ignore them. And uh, he just loved the, the GIs. And, he, and uh, 
And as he was leaving, he says, if you ever get out to uh, Palm Springs, he says, uh, look me up. I'd love to sit down and talk with you. And I just, you know, just, you know, uh, talking to Bob Hope, you know, being mad, you know. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, I've been a, a lot of people along the way. Uh, had a restaurant in Delaware uh, for a year. Thought I'd get rich, and I did make a lot of money, but I hated every day I got up. And uh, and who used to come to every day to my restaurant, and we'd have a, a big uh, Democratic parties there, and Republican parties, and one. But uh, Senator Biden and I got to know Joe very, very well. And uh, he asked me when I was coming back to get on the staff with John McHugh uh, to stay here and work for him in Delaware. <laughs> and I, and I uh, you know, had, had a great relationship with him and had a lot of notes he sent me back and forth. And uh, some of the wrestlers didn't believe these stories. And, and uh, one of them, uh, uh, Hudson Taylor, who you probably remember, our three-time national champion, uh he was a he's a big democratic guy and uh, uh, very liberal and, and he said I can't believe you're so conservative I I don't know if I believe those stories uh, you know you know uh, Vice President Biden and so uh, I asked Nancy as my wife I said hey, do we have any of those notes left or do we throw all that away that Joe wrote to us and she found them in a box and so I took them in and and Hudson about dropped uh, and he says you you're big friends with him. I said, yeah, we were good friends. So, uh, you know, people keep saying, why don't you write a book? And I said, it's only interesting to me because it was my life. It really shouldn't be that interesting to others. So, uh, And I do have a few skeletons. So um, I noticed you passed over those skeletons when you talked about my my career at Maryland. So uh, uh, those are the reasons I don't write any books. <laughs> but... Uh, been been a wild ride. Uh, my life is. I've met a lot of good people, and you know, really uh, uh, been fortunate to uh, to live the life I've lived. You know. Well, it's kind of itchy because now we're gonna have to wrap up the, uh, I guess, the last thirty six years here at the end of the show because when you return to Maryland, I mean, you had that that head coaching uh, run there in, in high school, and then at, at Johns Hopkins, right down the street, basically, and then. Coach McHugh brings you on staff in 1980, and you never, you haven't left since. And you know, uh, basically, what, what have you seen of the pro? I mean, obviously, the program's now in the Big Ten. You've had wrestlers in, uh, you know, like you said, Hudson Taylor, three-time All-American. He's been in the All-Star Classic, like Gobel Klein was back in your day. And uh, you know, you've seen kind of the resurgence of Maryland wrestling, even though this past year was pretty rough going through the Big Ten the way it was. And but but what's it been like to sit there and just see it all? from a coaching perspective. And then, you know, you're, you're taking a step back as, you know, far as I, I still I think you have a hard time dealing with the title of administrative assistant because you're still a coach in mind. And I guess you've been doing it so long, but you know, what, what have you seen from the changes of the program and, and, and just the things now that wrestling had at, at university of Maryland can provide that, uh, that, that has been an improvement since when you first got there on staff. Well, uh, you know, we had a lot of, back in the old days, we had a lot of uh, negatives. Uh, uh, if you ever went up in the wrestling room and uh, back of Cole Fieldhouse with the, the nine pillars in it, um, uh, kind of a dingy. In fact, that was really, a, uh, that room was created for the boxing team 
when uh, Maryland had a boxing team. And uh, so we ended up inheriting that uh, room as wrestling room. And, uh, and it was tough. Uh, the facilities weren't uh, great, you know, and it was almost like you'd say second class uh, citizen, you know. And uh, so to get the, uh, get the good kids, uh, it was a major effort. Uh, now, you know, and then when, when uh, John took over the program, uh, uh, exceptionally difficult because we had limited aid uh, to give these kids and then the facilities weren't uh, anything uh, to write home about. And, um, and then, uh, you know, as, as, uh, things went, uh, in Comcast Center, now Xfinity Center, uh, uh, was built and whatnot, uh, um, you know, the athletic directors, uh, changed and, uh, and, uh, we had, uh, we had our first female athletic director <laughs> and, uh, and she, uh, I thought we were done for, but uh, she actually uh, knew Pat Santoro and so uh, hired him and uh, gave him everything he, he requested uh, because he wasn't going to come unless you were interested in winning a national title. And, um, and uh, she did that and, um, and it changed everything. I mean, uh, the, the whole philosophy of wrestling became uh, one of uh, pride, pride in the uh, facility that we have now and, and uh, the aid that we have. And, uh, and that's carried on uh, with Carrie. They stepped up uh, a level. Carrie um, uh, likes to say that we have one of the, the best coaching staffs in the country. And it's uh, absolutely true. We have two Olympians, uh, with Coach Eider and, and, and Carrie, and uh, and uh, it's it's really uh, uh, you know been a been great for the university uh, and the athletic department that uh, they've they've uh, kept that uh, element going so that we can uh, you now we hit uh, in uh, 09 uh, top ten in the nation. And, um, and we, and we can be there, we can be in the top five. Uh, we need a little more time and, and, but we're, we're, uh, right on schedule. We had a great recruiting, uh, class coming in this year and a, and a red shirt class that is coming out of red shirt, uh, and plus the returning guys, um, uh, it's, it'll take us a couple of years, but we're going to be knocking on that, uh, top five door down the road. Now, I don't know if I will be. I may be down here knocking the TV, watching the Big Ten Network, but uh, I know uh, Carrie uh, and, the, and the crew, they'll, uh, they'll take us to different levels. So um, they've got the right stuff. Been talking with Coach Kevin Kearns here on Maryland Match Chat. It, it, you know, when we started this, I didn't know what to expect, and now we've talked about Bob Hope, We've talked about the Iron Sheik. We've talked about Joe Biden. I mean, this is this is unlike any wrestling interview I think I've ever had in my career, and I've been doing this twenty years. So, Kevin, this has been awesome, man. <laughs> well, it's a it's a great. Like I said, it's a, been a hell of a ride for me, and uh, I just wanted to tell you, I when uh, when Pat Santor came in, I I uh, turned in my resignation, 
And he asked me to give him one year. And I said, yeah, okay. And that lasted for five. I did the same thing with Terry. And now that's lasted for seven. So uh, I gave him a two-week notice, but mine was a two-year notice. I said, when I hit 40 years with the program, I don't care. I have to retire. (laughs) And, of course, Terry said, well, we'll discuss that then. (laughs) Uh, Who knows? Well, we've been talking with Coach Kevin Kearns here on the Maryland Match Chat, so I'm going to let you get back to enjoying yourself down there on the beach. We'll see you back in College Park when wrestling season and school rolls around. And for those of you listening, find out more about this guy at umterps.com. I mean, I, I've, I, you know, the bio doesn't give you justice. I mean, I think you should write a book. I'll be honest with you. I think you should write a book. I mean, there's so many stories you've told me in 30 minutes that uh, I want to write a book based on just this interview. <laughs> well, you just scratched the surface. I have a few. <laughs> we might. We're, we're, I'm going to have to tell Carrie, is that, look, um, I got to have this guy on frequently because there's some stuff I'm going to need to hear about because if uh, there's some sources I can't get it, you know, we'll just call Kevin. We'll, we'll, we'll get the story from him. I, I get that all the time. Uh, just uh, email Kevin and uh, he'll tell you what, where, when, or anything to do with the history or whatnot. So uh, I, uh, I have quite a library uh, at home, and uh, that's a whole story within itself. So, uh but uh, it's uh, it's been great uh, talking with you, and uh, uh, you know, look me up when I get back up there, and uh, you know, help sponsor the golf tournament in August. So come out and play golf with us. I'll see if I can do that. I'll see if uh, if I'm not traveling the world. So I'll probably be in some podunk town covering a wrestling tournament because that's what I do. <laughs> okay. All right, and as we wrap up, go Terps, right? Yes, go Terps all the way. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.